everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone who is married to one of my recent guests. He's a land survey technician in Indiana who has worked for a civil engineering company for seven years. He has a bachelor's of arts from Sacred Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan, and an associate's in engineering technology from Purdue University Calumet in Northwest Indiana. And he's a happily married husband and a father of three. It's Louis Santiano. Louis, hello. Hello. Yay. Yay. I'm on my first podcast. (laughs) <laughs> how does it feel i'm so psyched i can't even yeah i can't even explain it let's do it so bad that it's lent and it's a time of penance because i feel very blessed but on this day that we are recording it is actually a solemnity it is it is the annunciation so you actually oh, thank, can celebrate a little bit thank goodness i think yeah, i'll have so some extra dessert that's what i'm saying we'll, we'll see how have a glass of wine or something. I don't know. It's it's you're allowed to celebrate today, so let's let's do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Louis, why don't you tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, where do I start? You talked about my wife, my beautiful wife yeah. Sally is friends with you, and she is. So <laughs> I am so lucky to have her because all her friends are so not just you, but so many of them like are, are just parts of our lives. And they, she's so close to them. And then I get to have like all these wonderful friends that are helpful and they stay in touch. And I'm like, you know, in awe of her because she works so hard, but she always makes time mm-hmm. for people. So she's definitely like one of my biggest heroes. I uh, grew up in Northwest Indiana and I felt a call to the priesthood in high school. And uh, it took a little while to get there, but I got to the seminary um, and I wanted to study for the Diocese of Gary, and they sent the seminarians to Detroit uh, for a minor seminary there because that's where, at the time, that's where our bishop was from. Um, And then, so I did four years there, and uh, I left before getting any of my preliminary ordinations. And uh, I had, when I left, I started working, and I met Sally's brother, and Sally's brother, Tom, is a wonderful person. He was thinking about going to the seminary, so that's how we met each other. And he kept he kept saying stuff about his funny little sister. So I thought he had, like, a 10-year-old <laughs> sister. And he always <laughs> said, like, my my sister who, like, taught in Jamaica. So I thought he had, like, a, you know, older 40-year-old, you know, who taught or worked. <laughs> no, like, volunteered in Jamaica. And then he'd say, like, my sister who's, like, a teacher. So I'm like, oh, somebody our age. Uh, and I seriously thought there was three sisters and a buddy of ours, like, Hey, you going to go to Tom's sister's party? I'm like, which sister? Like the old one or the one our age? Like there's only one. I'm like, come on. It's like, no, there's this one sister. She lives, you know, at this house. And I'm like, seriously. And I, I met her. I'm like, wow. I'm, you know, nice to meet you. And she was like doing a billion different things at the time. So she didn't really notice me. And, uh, but then, uh, after slowing down, we, we, you know, met each other and, you know, spent more time together and, and it just worked out really well. The seminary was always, I never left on bad terms. You know, I, I had to yeah. leave, you know, I discerned it, but I still loved it very much. I tell yeah. Sally, like I did learn so much, you know, I hold it all in my heart. And uh, I felt even then that I had a, a call to be a priest. I'm like, I know I'm going to be a father. 
You know, I know I'm mm. called to be a father. You know, this is how God made me because I just I feel it in me. You know, even when I was going to be a priest, I'm like, well, then I'm going to be the father priest who brings people to God, you know, like a like mm. a calling. And now that I'm like a, a dad of three, you know, I still feel very compelled to, like, take on that, you know, father leader figure and which is not not easy, not enviable sometimes because it's like you never you don't get the thank yous. You do all the hard things and it can be tedious but it's like why am i doing it so anyway I, I i take all that stuff and uh make sure that the kids are are close to the lord you have a really cool story um i i'm similar to you in that i also discerned a religious vocation and i've shared that on the podcast and it ultimately didn't work out you made it much longer <laughs> than i did i only made like 10 months but i i i echo your sentiments of like i'm really glad that i did that and i talk about it a lot and i feel like a lot of people haven't had experiences like that where we got to just kind of spend time with our getting to know ourselves and getting to know our relationships with God. So it's a really, I know it's made me who I am today. And I know that it's helped you and your relationship with Sally. I want to share a story. If you don't mind, we can cut this if you don't, if you don't care for it, but I'll never forget on your guys's wedding day. Like I had to go to the bathroom or something and it was before the wedding started. So I like was looking for a bathroom in the front of the church where you guys got married. And I saw you in the hallway or like in the vestibule and you said something to me like, have you seen Sally yet? I bet she looks beautiful. She always looks beautiful. And it was like the most sweet thing. Like, I just like, I didn't look like I ever really met you except for like the rehearsal dinner the night before. And it was, I just like melted. I was like, Sally's very I don't remember guy. saying that. <laughs> I, I know. I remember feeling that. And people had told me like, I said similar things. Like I, I was so happy to see so many friends. Um, and also, of course, excited to get married. You've picked a really interesting passage. So what I'm going to have you do is um, read the passage that you've picked. Can I ask you what translation you're going to use for us today? Yep, yep. Uh, I'm using the New American Bible. Awesome. Whenever you are ready. As he was passing through a field of grain on the Sabbath, his disciples began to make a path while picking the heads of grain. At this, the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He said to them, have you never read what David did when he, was, when he was in need, and he and his companions were hungry? How he went to the house of God when Abathar was high priest, and ate the bread of offering that only the priests could lawfully eat, and shared it with his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. That is why the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Okay, so there's a lot to get into, but I'm going to give a little bit of background. So Mark's gospel is one we've discussed before on this podcast. It was the first gospel written. It's short. It's to the point. And Mark may have gotten some of his information from Peter. Um, Mark's gospel does not include any infancy narratives. So we don't get any like stories about Jesus' childhood, but rather Mark just launches right into his ministry. And you've chosen from chapter two. So he's right at the beginning of his ministry. And in this particular passage, um, I read in the footnotes that there, this is one of many conflict stories is what they call them. Hmm. And that it, these conflict stories follow a pattern of a statement of fact, a question of protest, and then a reply from Jesus, because the Pharisees and the crowds are questioning Jesus throughout this whole passage, throughout the gospels. And, um, you know, Jesus will heal somebody and then they'll say like, how can you heal? How can you forgive sins? And then he'll respond to them. Um, so here, this passage that you picked, they're talking about the Sabbath. And as many of us know, uh, in the creation stories and from the Jewish customs, the Sabbath day is meant to be a day of rest. And obviously Jesus is not observing that right now. Um, and the last thing I'm going to say is when I was in Israel this uh, two years ago, 
um, when I really recognized like how seriously they take the Sabbath was when I was trying to go on an elevator on the Sabbath and they, the elevators just go up and down from like one floor to the next. Like they, they just kind of, you can't even push the button. Like they didn't even want anybody to push buttons on the Sabbath. So I heard about that. Yeah. It's a real thing. So I heard that they made the engine so strong that it would not, nothing over like hundred tons, some ridiculous amount of weight would ever tax the engine so that it wouldn't even break the mitzvah of if the engine was under that, you know, it wouldn't be, you could never put so much weight. I mean, that's, I figure, I think I heard on relevant radio that it's so strong. It wouldn't even, you know, it's not an effort to, to make this elevators go, which is outrageous. Yeah. So they, of course you, the engineer would, would pick up on all that, but yeah, they take it really, they take it really seriously. So that's my bit about Mark and this passage. My question for you, Louie, is why did you pick this passage? Uh, Many reasons, but first I wanted to say something about Mark and being short. Um, I looked up a a quote from Mark Twain when uh, you probably heard this, he was writing to somebody and he, at the beginning, he said, I didn't have time to write you a short letter. So I wrote you a long one. So I feel like, like Mark in his brevity or to the pointness, I feel like it may mm-hmm. have been even harder possibly for him to get to the point. Whereas like John mm-hmm. is like, you know what, we're going to start here and then we're going to like <laughs> take our time. We're going to take yeah. our time. Let's let's <laughs> put a, a pin in here and then we'll go a little deep dive and then we'll go bam, get, you know, and then you're like, Oh my gosh, it's so much. Let's add some, add some flowery language. Yeah. Let's talk about the father again. Yeah. John goes on and on. Yeah. Let me put some symbolism. Um, yeah. Let me, let me throw all, you know, everything from the, from the prophets, even minor prophets, really nobody even has ever heard of. Let's throw them <laughs> in just because I, I feel like it, you know, that's what, that's how the Holy Spirit's, you know, whereas um, Mark's like, yeah, I could do that or I can teach people. But. Yeah, or just like I think I feel like he just he wanted to get the gospel out there, you know, like he just wanted to get the good news out. Right. So that's what I tell my students. Yeah. So yeah. I I was resp- I I was reading this. I'm like, it's so clear and to the point that it's probably I I read it like since it's so clear and short, you know, you just can read it like once a once a day. So usually if I do read one gospel, it'll be be Mark. And then the second, okay, I don't even that was the reason. Another reason why I chose this. Uh, because I wanted to choose Mark 12, and I was really excited to do that until your <laughs> friend Eric Gerard crushed took, it. Took it, and he did such a, a a bang up job, and he just like took it apart and then made it so great. And I was like, all right, well, I'm not gonna, I can't follow that. That's amazing. <laughs> like I, I have to re-listen to it to try to follow all the you know different points he made and stuff. So I was like. All right. Well, uh, if I go on Julia's podcast, I think I'll uh, look for something else. And so what had come up, the reason why I chose this is because I was, my wife and I just moved into a new house and I'm like moving all this stuff. And I found my old journals from seminary and I had just tons of journals and all of it's like, you know, I mean, I don't want to be flippant, but it's all like, oh, I'm in front of the- I'm in front of the Eucharist and it's so flowery. Right. And I'm, you know, I mean, it's it's obviously written by like a, a 19, 20 year old, you know, which is great, but you just, you know, you have all that like emotion and, and it's like, it's great, but it's like, you know, love letters, you know, rereading them. I don't know. I had to like just go through a lot of them. I was kind of embarrassed. But I found one that was like really good. 
And uh, I'm going to try to read this and read my handwriting. So I found one and I, I must have read Mark 2, 23 to 28. I wrote it down and then I had a, a reflection on it. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This reinforces the fact that God gave us this law to help us and for our own benefit. Cars are made to help humans. Imagine how preposterous it would sound saying man were, man was made for cars. That's ludicrous. You would all hopefully, I guess I thought I was giving sermons in my journals, whatever, <laughs> that that was ridiculous. We are made to rest in God. The Sabbath is our divine resting day, and that lets us do it. Jesus smuggles us towards the Father during every Eucharist. This one day, we give God a whole lot of glory to profess in community what, belie what we believe in and get to heaven together. So, and then I wrote like a couple more pages on it, but it's all saying the same thing. But that's, I like, I guess what I had in my mind was that I was trying to think of like a, a preposterous thing to say, like, you know, man was made to, for cars. And it's like, no, it's, it's mm -hmm. a tool. You know, it's mm -hmm. not made to be your life. You know, it's to help you, not to make you mm -hmm. like a servant to the Sabbath. You know, it, it, this, it doesn't make sense that way. You know, it's the least, you know, I was just thinking at the time, it's like the least you can do. I like how um, you said something about resting in God. And I, I think about how today, you know, part of this podcast, too, is to apply this to today's world. You know, to, and I just I, I've worked in parishes for so long and I've taught students for so long that and especially now in COVID, like we're not even obligated to go to mass right now because of quarantine and COVID and things like that. And for so long as I've worked in parishes and schools, like a lot of kids, you know, they're like, well, we got sports practices on Sundays and it's not a day of rest at all. So I don't know um, how how would you like, what would you say to like families? And I don't know, what, what do you make of like that, that we, we busy ourselves so much, like even on Sundays, like what's your reaction to that? I, I it's a struggle. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's, it's a real, you know, big struggle. So I guess what I was trying to see then and what I'm trying to always see now is like, what's the point? Cause we got to mm -hmm. see like, first we see what the point is, you know, why are we doing something? Is it just to like, you know, check something off, fill the, right. fill the law, or is it be in heaven, be close to Jesus? Mm -hmm. You know, so if we can first put our mind there, then, it, and then it hopefully will give like better perspective. But yeah, every Sunday, it's hard not to just, at least for me and the kids and the, I'm trying to focus on giving God his glory while you know, everybody's running around and like I did maybe uh, wait to the last minute to get things ready for school for either kids school or, or Sally, she, you know, she is the principal. So she has a lot to do on Monday morning. So it's, it's always a struggle, but to just try, you know, keep trying to look at the, the point of it, you know, yeah, I, th I think you make a really good point with that. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to do, too. I think he I love Jesus for so many reasons, but he is really scandalous and he's often pushing the boundaries and trying to get people to question. Right. And so I think the reason he does this, like, who knows, maybe they really needed to pick grain that day. Maybe they were really hungry. But I feel like part of him and in my interpretation of this is that he was trying to teach the Pharisees and like kind of push them. Right. Like these conflicts. 
I think he's trying to do like what you just said. Like, are we just following the law to check a box or are you really taking this day to honor God? You know, like, and he, he and his apostles are honoring God in so many different ways, like with their whole lives and their whole ministry. And so I don't think he's saying like, let's, then we don't need the Sabbath. I don't think that's what he's saying, but I think to your point, like that we, we shouldn't just be doing a check off a box, which is what I think the Pharisees at the time were doing. So I don't know. Right. It's, it's just a really interesting passage. What else would you like to, to say about this passage or what do you get from it? Yeah. I, and then, you know, at the end he says, I am the Sabbath. You know, it's like, yeah, you're, look, yeah, you're right. looking at him. <laughs> right. You know, so he kind of drops like, spend the Spend time there. with me. Yeah. And it's like, if you are learned, you would know, you know, what I'm telling you is the truth. And he, yeah, he, he, he holds the, them at a different standard because they do. I'm sure many of them were very good, devout, you know, Jewish men and, and leaders. You know, I, I always, I mean, I feel this now. You know, I spent a lot of time studying and stuff, and I, I do feel like I'm called because I, I've learned. You know, I can't say like I've learned the stuff, and if I don't follow what I've learned or what I believe, and I'm, I, I want to say I'm cursed, but like I, now I have to hold to to what I've learned is true. You know, so I'm, I'm going to be held to more, and I maybe I'm held to teaching more. You know, a lot of uh, different, and so they are too. You know, they spent a lot of time working hard. You know, give them the benefit of the doubt. That, you know, it's not easy to to learn, spend your whole life studying. But that also means like, you know, you're the leader. That's cool. You get to wear the fancy robes. You probably get the head of the table. But you're also called to do more. You have a higher mm-hmm. standard. That's what I was trying to say. You have a higher standard now. And it's, it stinks. It's, it's, it'd be almost nicer to be like, well, you know, I'm just, I just learned you know, scripture till I was 12. And then, you know, I just, you know, I, I only studied every little bit. You can't really hold me to that higher standard, but no, these men are like, I'm the scholar, you know, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. well, if you are the scholar, Jesus says, you would know that I am God. And, you know, yeah. you would know that to get, you know, the Sabbath would be, you know, kind of like, I, he says, I am the Sabbath, you know? And so it's like, dang, mm-hmm. It's so, a really baller line. I'm not going to lie. Is. It's a really, it's it a really is. good line. <laughs> does it so, but he doesn't do it because he's trying to, I don't feel like he's bad mouthing them. He doesn't, I mean, he, he's saying that to like challenge them, but as soon as they would like, he's not to, insulting them to mock them. In my opinion, I feel like if they're ready to take that challenge and accept it, they would follow him you know, accept the challenge. And it's the same with me. You know, it's like Jesus challenges me. He says things that I find offensive, you know, but it's like, a, a, I'm challenging you because I have a lot, you know, you've done really good. You know, you've gotten this far, you've worked hard. Now we can do more. It's like, but I worked really hard to get here. That's great. But now, now that you know, live it and, and go further. That's that great with great power becomes great responsibility. And you're right. Jesus does say that like elsewhere in scripture that, you know, for those who are given much, like much is expected, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. But I, I just was teaching the gospels recently to my students and Mark, I mentioned in the little introduction is said to maybe have gotten some information from Peter and Peter and Jesus had this very brotherly relationship, right? Like they were super close, best friends. 
But then obviously Peter does Jesus wrong in the end <laughs> and doesn't really stand, you know, by him. And so I think there's like this kind of contention too a little bit. Um, and I feel like you get that in Mark's account of this. Like there's that, there's, I call it sassy Jesus. Like Jesus is really <laughs> sassy to, to everybody. I think because Mark gets his information from Peter, like the story has that little kind of like sassy bent. So I'm looking actually at the footnotes, um, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are all synoptic, so they all have similar similar stories. Like Mark probably was the first one written, and then Matthew and Luke kind of put their spin on it or added to what Mark did. So I'm looking at Matthew. I don't know if you want to flip with me to Matthew 12. It's like his account of this story. And so I'm going to read it. Just I'm going with the Holy Spirit here. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I, I just want to see like the differences and the similarities with the language. So um, Matthew 12, verse 1. At the time, Jesus was going through a field of grain on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat them. So that's a little bit different than what Mark says. Mark says mm. that, like, they were making a path, like Jesus was making a path. That does So here we get the clarification that they were hungry, so that's why they're eating. Um, we could talk about why we think that um, he says that. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, See, your disciples are doing what's unlawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry, how he went into the house of God and ate the bread of offering, which neither he nor his companions must only the priests um, could lawfully eat? Or have you not read in the law that the Sabbath, the priests serving in the temple violate the Sabbath and are innocent? I say to you, something greater than the temple is here. If you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would not have condemned these men for the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath. So he ends that with the same line, but he uses a David reference. Mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because Matthew often does reference David because he's writing for a Jewish audience. I don't know. I might be going way on a whole nother tangent level here, but I just, to compare the synoptics is like something nerdy that I love to do. I don't know. What do you make of the differences or the, the difference of the text? Yeah. I, I remember, I just remember something from, from seminary. I actually talked to one of my priest friends about this to try to explain it more. And he kind of he kind of painted it out a little bit better for me, I think, because he uh, the priest was is kind of from the country, and he'd say, yeah, well, when you're out in the field, and you're hungry, it's not hard, you know, it's not laborious to just go, you know, get a handful of wheat and just pop it in your mouth, mm-hmm. you know. And these he was saying that these Pharisees were were taking the 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 minutia of a, of a law like the the smallest, you know, part of the law and tattling uh, on Jesus or tattling on his his followers. Of course, many, many, it probably makes sense that many Jewish people would know that and they maybe that'd be a, a pastime. I know it wasn't seminary, a, a pastime of tattling how you put the sense, you know, you filled the sensor wrong or you put the cross, you know, facing the wrong way. Like, I mean, this happened all the time. All the time, we'd get like people would like tell you how you, you know, put your cassock on wrong, and like it was just like a pastime. I I can see this here too. It's like, hey, you know, you you picked up a, a piece of grain. You know, you're not you're not a good seminarian or you're not a a devout Jew, and it's like, uh, you know, let me tell you something about what a devout Jew is. Let me, you know, and mm-hmm. he he's like, who's the most devout Jew you can think of? Like Moses, good. Who else? David, David, let me mm-hmm. tell you something about David. Exactly. And, you know, explaining yeah. like this is so, is he is he not uh, beloved by the Father? Yes. Well, guess what he did. You know, he yeah. ate on, on the Sabbath. Yeah. So is he? Are you telling me by your own words 
that um, David is a not a son of yeah. the law, not you know, not a child of God. Is that what you're saying? And of course, they'd be like, "Well, let me talk to my lawyer." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I love, I love that. Um, no, I like how you explain that. And so I was looking then at Luke's account too, and it's pretty similar. We don't have to read it, but um, it's similar to Matthew's. It's it references David, and then actually after. Luke goes on to do another thing that Jesus does on a Sabbath where he heals someone's right hand, like a, a withered hand. Yeah. So like Luke goes into like on another Sabbath, he went to the synagogue and taught and there was a man. And then he like talks about how he healed somebody. And of course the Pharisees like, Oh, you can't do that. Cause that's work too. You can't heal somebody on the Sabbath, which is crazy to me. Here's somebody who's in pain. Like I can see how they might be mad about the picking of the grain, you know, and they're eating it or whatever. But at least Matthew explains that they were hungry, but to heal somebody, like you would think if someone is sick or in need of help, like that wouldn't be work, you know, that wouldn't be like frowned upon, but that's, that's in Luke's gospel in chapter six, right after the grain part. No, I, I agree. It's like, why are you not allowed to do something that's good Mm -hmm. on the Sabbath? Just because what you interpret as the law is would actually hurt somebody you know, he'd have to, so he'd have to wait till the day after the Sabbath, you know, what he, so he'd have to wait one more day to suffer, you know, why, why, for what, to, to fulfill right. the law. It, you know, it, it just doesn't follow. So it's that like relationships versus the check boxes, right? Like yeah. if, you're, if you're just checking a box, that's not what it's about. It should be about the relationship with God. It should be about the relationship with people. But then, then that brings me to a question of then like, well, what if I'm just going to mass just to check a box? What from, what if, I'm not going to mass to have a relationship with God or does that mean I don't go? Like, I don't want to, you know, like I feel like it might be a dangerous. Yeah. Well, you got to start somewhere or, you know, I, somebody, you have to be willing to start, but there, you always have to answer that question. Like why? That's why, you know, I don't mind people who don't know about church or, or don't go, or maybe they're falling away and asking me why, why would you send mm-hmm. your kids to Catholic school or why would you go to church? It's like some of the best games are at noon for like football and uh i mean <laughs> well then it's but then it's like the the 10 commandments though you don't want to put something what's your what do you value more so you don't want right. to put like yeah the basketball above god but you know yeah. and i i don't mind somebody calling me out because it's like true it's like why is this important then i have to ask like i might say like because it just is but in my heart i'm like you know is god more important than football yes he is but do i show it god has been with me forever the bears have like disappointed for years why you know and like <laughs> you know or two things that are good i mean i think you know taking my son to soccer is good but it's not better than the sweet love of jesus and that's that's a little harder to explain because it's personal it's like oh i kind of wanted to kind of go into this I, I made a little note about you know it's a, a personal relationship for church with me growing up was always the church was always very like very good to me and it's i always got in trouble in school like i don't i'm you're a teacher so that one student who just has to disrupt or make a joke and really can't stop himself but it's smart it's not because he's struggling but he's just that was me and it's i feel so bad i'm married to a principal she's a teacher and i tormented her kind for at least eight years and uh i got in so much trouble I didn't like getting in trouble. It was just something I, just kind of like a dance I got into. You know, I couldn't get out of the this this bad loop. That aside, um, I never got in trouble in church. Like there was always different rules, and I couldn't f- I couldn't figure out a way to disrupt. I don't know why. And then 
vice versa, the ch- like the leaders in the church, they never talk down to me or mistreat me. Um, in fact, they gave me like many chances and of, you know, of course was the sacraments. So I was really blessed to have like a young relationship of having a safe place in the church. And I, I know that's not the case with a lot of people in the church. In fact, I, I know that it's many people like have had negative experiences and had to overcome maybe just, just bad leaders in the church. And that I feel that's, that's awful. And it's never what I want to do, but I was really blessed to have like a safe place to be in the church. And so when I was, I felt called to be a priest or even just be closer to the church, I really didn't think I was like worthy of it, you know? And, and then I also had this stigma of being like the class clown and things like that. But uh, I was accepted anyway. And I was able to like, kind of rediscover myself you know so like i have i bring in all that to like the sabbath day you know like it's a years of relationship good and bad have to think about each time you know kind of kind of like you know with my wife in some ways like when it's when it's bad you know it's like we're not communicating we're not on the same page and it's like what the hell but i have to think i'm like think about the you know 12 years we'll be married and it's like, we've been through so much. One of us is going to have to, you know, break. One of us is going to have to say, I'm sorry, whatever it is. It's like, I don't want to say, I'm sorry. You know, I want to be mad, but I got to think about the the big picture. I'm like, we've had each other's backs. We've made commitments. You know, I know I don't want to say, I don't want to be, I want to be a petulant child, but it's like, no, you know, like I want to do what's good. And if it's just like the very least, that's somewhere to start. And it's like, if I'm mad at the church or I'm annoyed and I don't want to give all my glory today, I'm tired, sick, you know, I, or like I stayed up all night with the kids that are sick, you know, do I, how do I don't want to give glory to God? I want to in the way he wants, you know, and then I'm like, well, I got to start somewhere, you know, and I'm going to just start with figuring out how I'm going to, uh, get to church. I mean, not like I see like with COVID it's different, but nonetheless, if I can't go to church, it's like, well, I'm going to start with how am I going to um, do that one thing that I've been called to do? Sure. I can't believe you guys have been married 12 years. That's crazy to me that you mentioned that, but I think I like what you're saying about, you know, sometimes you got to stay at home with a, a sick child and that is, I believe, honoring God and you're honoring your duty, you know? And um, so that's certainly different than the football game that we were talking about earlier. Um, Louis, as we wrap up here, what would be like your one takeaway for us about this scripture? What would you like people to kind of take away from this passage? See if we can make every day the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we have to keep the Sabbath day holy. And it's it's super special. But there's no rule that says every day cannot be the Sabbath. I mean, that you can't treat it as God is holy. And mm-hmm. that's what I mean. The the Ten Commandments are the very least you can do. Most you can do is love everybody each day. That's what's hard. If you're going to love everybody each day, yeah, you're not. You're probably not going to kill anybody. And uh, you know, if you love the Lord every day to give Him glory and find ways to give Him glory, you're probably not going to miss church. You're probably not going to neglect the Sabbath. I think that would be, you know, the the thing to keep focused on. 
Awesome. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, he says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and that can be, he's the Lord of our every day. You know, he, we can honor him every day and all that we do and even in little ways. So thank you for bringing this passage to us. It's definitely a different one. And it's, I think, challenging. And, and I liked the conflict of it. I like the, the Jesus kind of questioning the Pharisees and question, making us question as well. Um, I always, as you know, at the end of the podcast, give people a chance to plug something. Is there anything you wanted us to check out? Yes. I want okay. everybody to check out uh, Seven Mile Chat and yes. my good friend Julia Struckley. <laughs> um, oh, uh, if nobody's doing the the Father Mike Schmidt's uh, Bible in a Year, has been really, really good in, in reflection. It's only like, I think it's again only 20 minutes or so a day. Um, and he tries to fit a little reflection in there. And he, it's just been opening up a lot of insight and reflection uh, in me that will, uh, will probably, for anyone else, start like a, a desire to learn more. The, the hero of Israel, when they, when they went over that, just kind of made me, I don't know, I could have, I wanted to do that so bad because I wanted to talk about the how men hear calls and how we respond to it. But that will be, I guess, for another podcast or another day. <laughs> but um I think that, and then of course my wife's school. Yeah. And if anybody needs um, uh, civil engineering, of course you can yeah. call <laughs> in Northwest Indiana, DVG in Crown Point, give us a call. But um, I just wanted to, <laughs> when I, when you, when you, every time I hear this, I want to, every time somebody says, or you say, uh, what do you want to plug? I'm like, plug love. So. Uh, um, all right. There you go. I like that. Love each other. Amen. That's the best. Amen. Well, if you guys want to follow me on, on Instagram, you can follow me at Seven Mile Chats. You can also talk to me on Twitter at Miss Ruckley One. And I'd love to talk scripture with you. If you'd like to be a guest, let me know. I can ask answer any questions. Louie, thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for being a number one fan and listener. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It's an honor. Bye, everyone.